0: Podcast is made possible by you. Visit www.allgirlsconsider.org/ donate to help us build a world of endless possibilities for girls. Hello, I'm Amelia. And I'm Annalita. Welcome, Welcome to, to All Girls
1: Consider, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of inspiring women and girls. Today, we are speaking with Tecla Magoon who is the author of nine novels, including The Rock in the River, How It Went Down, and soon to be released, Light It Up. She has received numerous awards for her writing, including an NAACP Image Award and two Coretta Scott King Honors, in addition to writing and visiting schools and libraries across the country. Kepler also serves on the Writers' Council for the National Writing Project. She holds a BA from Northwestern University and an MFA in writing from Vermont, College of Fine Arts, where she now serves on a faculty.
0: Welcome, Keckla. Tell us a little bit about
1: yourself.
2: Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here and talk with you. Um, A little bit about myself. Well, I live in Vermont right now. I have also lived in New York City, and I grew up in Indiana, but I was born in Michigan. Uh, I am biracial. My mom is American and white. My dad is West African and black. And so a lot of the stories that I write, I'm an author, a lot of the books that I write uh, are about kids growing up black or biracial in the United States. Um, I love ice cream, and I used to perform ballroom dancing.
1: From your perspective, what are some of the biggest issues with race in our society?
2: Mm. There are so many big issues with race in our society that I see right now. Um, I think the biggest thing is that we sort of everybody, regardless of racial background, right, has um, some degree of bias um, about other people based on their race. Um, And so there is a... A really big challenge that that our whole society and our whole world faces um, of trying to figure out how to really see each other equally and not to judge each other based on our appearances. Um, And so I think that that's something that we've been struggling with as a society and as a culture and as a people for you know a long, long, long time, many, many centuries. Um, And so I think that the challenge for us today is to try to figure out ways to to undo some of the past racism, to undo some of the past bias that has occurred um, and to really learn from the things that have happened in the past and be able to move forward in a way that is more equal and more fair and gives opportunities to everybody regardless of race.
0: Would you say that writing these books has sort of helped you express and show different perspectives of, of like different races and how this has affected people as a whole?
2: Yeah, I definitely explore the idea of perspective in my writing a lot. I, um, you know, everybody, every different person has their own perspective on the world. The way that they see the world is very different depending on the things that they've experienced and um, the place that they grew up and the people that have surrounded them for their whole life and the amount of education that they've had and the type of education that they've had uh, and the things that they've been exposed to in the world. So everybody comes to any conversation, everybody comes to their job, everybody comes to school, everybody comes um, into the community with their own point of view and their own perspective. And all of those perspectives together help tell the story of what's happening in the world around us. Uh, And in order to really understand what's happening in the world around us, we have to be able to listen to each other's point of view um, and talk about each other's point of view and help each other to see different points of view. Um, So one of the things that I like to do in my writing is to write from multiple perspectives because it allows me to, um, to share things that I think It allows me to make observations about what I see other people talking about and try to understand and empathize with different people's ideas. Um, And then when I write a book with multiple perspectives, it allows my readers to enter a conversation about perspective and about how different people see the world. Um, And I think that that's a really interesting and dynamic conversation to be a part of.
1: So your last book, How It Went Down, and your new book, Light It Up, both deal with social injustices, specifically racial violence. Can you explain what motivated you to write about these issues?
2: Sure. I, I'm, I feel motivated to write about racial violence and about um, race bias because I see so much of that happening in the world around me. Um, I started working on how it went down in the spring of 2012, which is uh, around the time that Trayvon Martin was killed. Um, and the, the circumstances surrounding his death in Florida um were controversial to say the least um, and a lot of people didn't really um, sort of understand I think how um, how what happened to him had happened and it, I was seeing you know a lot of media coverage talking about um, you know the, the standard ground law that was in place in Florida at the time that Trayvon was killed which allowed someone to to shoot him Um because he was black, because he was perceived to be in the wrong neighborhood, Um, someone who could have turned maybe and and left the situation or walked away um, decided that I have the right to stand my ground, Um, and so Trayvon ended up being killed. And so the conversation in the country was about bias, the conversation was about race in America, the conversation was happening between adults um, and sort of experts and historians, right, and social scientists and people like that um, on the news talking about what had happened and why it happened in a very intellectual way, talking about it in a very distant way. And for me, as a young Black woman, I felt that the conversation that I wanted to see happen wasn't happening. Um, The conversation about how it feels to be a young Black person who might walk into a store and be followed around by a security guard or who might be afraid to approach a police officer because you don't know how they're going to perceive you. Um, So I was more interested in what it feels like to be the person who knew... The person who died, the person who was friends with them, the person who was, you know, their boyfriend or girlfriend uh, or partner, the person who um, was their science lab partner, the person who, you know, didn't really like them <laughs> um, at school, like all those different um, sort of experiences of being really close to someone and really feeling the absence when they're gone. Um, I felt like that conversation was missing from what was happening in the media, um, and so for me, writing a story about. A similar shooting. Um, so in How It Went Down, uh, a young teenage boy named Tariq, um, is killed by a white man named Jack Franklin. Um, and you know, the, there's 18 different viewpoints in the story of characters who knew Tariq and characters who were part of the community talking about what happened to him and expressing their different perspectives on what happened to him. And to me, that was a more sort of interesting and dynamic and closer, way to look um, at a tragic death than what I was seeing happen in the media. And I hoped that by writing this book, I could um, invite readers and invite other people, especially young people, to be part of a conversation about what was happening in the world um, and why somebody like Trayvon Martin in real life or Tariq Johnson in my book might have been killed. And so it's been a really interesting process to to be part of those conversations with teenagers um, who are... The ones who are perhaps perhaps most at risk, right, um, for that kind of tragedy to happen. Um, and so, um, so for me, my motivation for writing it is to be part of the conversation and to try to advance teen voices in in the conversation. And as an adult, I have a way of sort of inviting young people into the conversation that um, that sometimes it's hard to get into the conversation on their own, even though their voices deserve to be heard.
0: If you were to go on any news channel and try to explain how your experiences have made you feel, feel, um, how would you go about explaining that?
2: Hmm. Let's see. How my own experiences have made me feel. I mean,
0: so I have two. There's two kinds of experiences that I
2: that I've had personally that I draw from when I'm writing. One is my own experiences of bias, my own experiences of moments where I have felt either afraid um, of somebody around me or um, have felt that someone is judging me based on my appearance, have felt like I was treated differently because I was black. Like the, those kinds of experiences um, are, are part of what I use to sort of capture the emotion, like how it feels to be scared, how it feels to be angry, how it feels to be hurt by racism um, in, in my community or in my own life. Um, and then the other type of experience that I use is my own observations. And so the way that I feel when I hear about um, Trayvon Martin's death, the way I feel when I hear about Michael Brown's death in Ferguson, the way that I feel when I watch um, a community rise up in protest, the way that the community in Ferguson did after Michael Brown was killed in 2014. Um, you know, and so for me... There's two different things, because as I'm watching the protests, um, sort of uprising that happened in Ferguson um, on TV or what happened in Baltimore after Freddie Gray was killed, when I watch those things on TV, I feel things. I feel angry, I feel scared, I feel so proud for for the way that black people are standing up for for their needs and their rights. Um, and so all of that goes into the book. But I can remember times when I've been in a crowd physically myself. Um, and so when I'm writing about somebody who was at a protest that I didn't go to, right, I wasn't in a protest like Ferguson or a protest like Baltimore, but when I write about being there, I remember things like what it felt like to be in a crowd, just at a parade. Um, I remember what it felt like to be really, really angry one time when a police officer yelled at me, um for doing nothing at all, really, <laughs> um, just for walking out of a building through a door that they didn't want people to use, and I didn't know that. So I walked out, and he just started yelling at me, and I was very afraid, and I turned around, and I went back. And I remember that feeling, that feeling of fear, that feeling of what could happen to me, um, and I, I I apply that to a different situation. I apply that to whatever my character is going through. I remember um, how scared I was in that moment, and I think, what if something really bad happened next how what might that feel and I imagine that um so I think if I went on a television show to talk about those feelings um that I would talk about those two things I would talk about the things I've experienced and then the things I'm observing and how I put those two different sets of emotion together to tell a completely different story that is partly imagined but partly built on my own feelings and my own experiences
1: well your book line it up is that any way related to the way you feel whenever a cop or somebody yells at you?
2: Yeah, it is. It's related to how I feel when a cop yells at me. Um, and, and and I'm lucky because it hasn't happened to me that many times that a police officer has yelled at me. It's happened a couple of times. I do use those those thoughts and those feelings in, in my writing. Um, and I think the fact that a police officer would yell at me in the way that he yelled at me just for doing what i did which was walking out the wrong door (laughs) accidentally right and and it's very likely that he knew that that was an accident it's very likely that he knew i wasn't doing anything wrong um or that i had i didn't have any bad intent there um but he still chose to yell at me in that way the fact that that can happen to me and the fact that it happens to a lot of other people who look like me is part of why i write a book like light it up so in light it up um, which is a companion to how it went down. Um, there is a a, a shooting, another shooting that happens in the same community two years later. So, um, uh, Tariq Johnson was killed in this fictional community. And then two years later, a young girl named Shay is killed in the community. And of course, when a very young child, she's 13, when a very young child dies, That seems very different to people than when a slightly older teenager who people thought, oh, maybe he was up to no good, right, dies. And so, you know, in in the first book, in How It Went Down, a lot of people in the story are sort of trying to find a reason for why Tariq was killed. Well, maybe he robbed that store and the guy thought he was a, a burglar and so he was trying to protect the shop, he was trying to protect the neighborhood. Um, maybe Tariq was a gang member and so you know, that explains why he might have been killed. Like he was because he was doing violent things already. Um, and because people are sort of always looking for a way to justify why a tragedy would happen or like to make it okay that it happened. Um, and it wasn't okay that it happened. Um, and so in this, in this second book, um, by writing about a character who is, um, who, who, pretty much everyone regards as innocent. This was a mistake. The police officer shot her by accident not realizing um, that she was a young girl. Who, so he thought she was an older person who was a threat to him who was running away, etc. Um, and so that story, um, which is something that I see a lot in the media, right, that's happening all the time, where a police officer is confronting someone and comes to that situation with, with bias and comes to that situation assuming that person is a threat when that person actually is not that, that, to me, does relate to my own experiences of, you know, it, talking to a police officer who have, has treated me more harshly than is necessary in the situation. Um, it's that same kind of thing. It's just escalated many, many notches from what I've experienced personally. Um, but it does relate to the reasons that I write, what I write, um, and why I think it's important that we talk about it. Because I think the, the same forces that would cause a police officer to be really aggressive to ta- just talking to somebody like me at the same forces that cause a police officer to be extremely aggressive and even use lethal force against someone who might not actually be a threat because the same level, the same type of bias is, is, is in play just at a higher level.
0: Are there any ways that younger people can help stop these social injustices in society?
2: Mm, I absolutely think that young people are, are in a position to, to help stop these things from happening. Uh, I think... The fact that you know, you're willing to have a conversation about it, the fact that you um, are putting your voices out into the world to talk about what you feel and what you need and what's important to you. I think those acts are going to change the way that people understand race, the way that people understand violence, the way that people understand bias and the way that people relate to each other. I do think that that is going to transform over time organically. But I think that making sure that we talk about it as much as possible right now is how we're going to make sure that this isn't happening anymore, you know, in five years or 10 years or 50 years, however long it takes. Having these conversations right now among teenagers is going to help us train the next generation of police officers to be more racially conscious, right, to be more socially conscious, to be more aware of the forces in society around them that can influence their behavior. And so I think that the teens today that are having these conversations, that are reading my book and other books like mine, um, that are seeing the Black Lives Matter movement unfold um, across social media and across the traditional media. I think all of that work that's being done right now is building a new generation of people who not only are active right now, (laughs) right, and starting to change the landscape right now, but who are going to continue to change the landscape in the future. So I do think that young people have as much, if not more power to change all of this, to change our whole society than anybody else.
1: Whenever you knew you wanted to be a writer, did you know that you wanted to write books about social injustices?
2: Yes, I would say that as soon as I started writing, one of my main interests was writing about social justice. I... Um, I I use writing as a way to understand the world, as a way to talk about things that I care about, and this is something that I really care about. I've tried a couple of times to write a a book that doesn't relate to social justice, and I kind of end up making it come back around and relating to social justice, even if it's through allegory in fantasy, right? Like, where I'm writing about a different world, a different set of situations, but it serves as a metaphor for what's happening in in our world, or it um, offers some sort of illumination of the kinds of struggles that people are going through in our real world. I I seem to not be able to write anything else. (laughs) Um, It's something that that I always connect back to. I try to do different things in my books. I try to have each book be very different from all the other books that I've written. But at the same time, there are themes that recur. There are um, ideas that I see popping up in my work over and over again um and i think it's because that those are the things that are most important to me and it is part of what motivates me to write i do think um i write because i want to share that feeling of passion for for changing the world and and the and to inspire people to really believe that they can because i do think we can i think we can all be a part of changing the world as long as we stand up for what we believe in and as long as we do something however small that advances the cause that we care about and a lot of people care about different things for me it's social justice you know for a lot of people it might be the environment or you know a lot of other things and um, you know and, and for me they're all connected right taking care of the environment is connected to social justice making sure that we have a place that we can all live right for a long time and that we can live together comfortably and happily um, and making sure that people from all kinds of backgrounds from all kinds of experiences have a voice in the world and have an opportunity to to, uh, to contribute from their own perspective.
0: Could you describe your writing process for us? Could I describe my? Did you say my writing process? Oh yes. Ah,
2: okay. My writing process varies a lot, depending on the type of book I'm writing. I, I like to explore when I'm writing a first draft. I don't always write in order. I sometimes will write um, whatever comes to mind. I'm like, I know this happens somewhere in the story, so I just go ahead and write it, even if I don't know where exactly it's going to go. For books like Light It Up and How It Went Down, it was especially uh, conducive to my writing style because, um, the books are structured like vignettes. So every, every character sort of has a bunch of little sections where they're the point of view character. Um, and then I sort of mash them all together (laughs) to tell the whole big story. And so I was able to sit down at the computer every day and write whatever I felt like writing from whoever's perspective I felt like writing from, um, and, and just keep, adding and adding and adding and adding to the draft um, everything I could think of that related to the story. And not everything that I initially drafted made it into the book, um, but once I had a pretty good uh, volume of pages, probably like 80 or 100 pages of just me writing and anything I could think of from whatever perspective, um, I stopped just drafting out of nowhere and I started trying to put everything together into um, a, a structured story. Um, I started, I, I, with these books in particular, I look at, I use a timeline to help ground the story. I say, this is when the story starts. These are the main major events that happen in the course of the story. And then I start to look at where my character, where each of my characters are in the world at the time that that event happens. So in, in light it up, for example, um, in the very beginning of the book, the young girl is killed. Shortly after that, people find out that she died. Shortly after that, they hold a funeral for her. Shortly after that, there are protests in the community. Um, and, and, so, and then they're waiting to see if the police officer who shot her will be indicted or charged with a crime of some sort for his actions. Um, and so that timeline becomes kind of like the backbone for the book. And I look at everything I wrote, all the random pieces and snippets, and I place them on the timeline. Usually I do this with big paper and post-it notes that are color-coded by the character. So I can figure out where each piece of the story fits in the timeline. And that helps me put the thing together in the right order. And once I have it laid out in, in, on big paper with my post-it notes and it's all colorful, I can see visually... Where there are holes in the story. I can see that I don't have anything. I don't have any sections talking about the funeral. I don't have any sections talking about this particular time period, um, and so then I start imagining: well, where were my characters when that happened? What would they be doing? How does it fit into the rest of their story? Um, and so for those for those two books, that was my main process. But for all my books, I write, I do this kind of the same thing: I write out of order, and then I figure out what order to put things in, and then I go through and fill in the gaps. For me, it works really well because I get to follow follow my inspiration um, and not feel really. Tied to like a specific outline or um, a structure that I made up before I understood what the book was going to be.
1: So one of the last questions we like to ask is, what advice do you have for girls listening to this podcast?
2: Mm. What advice do I have? Well, uh, for well, I was gonna say, for those who are writers, my advice is to just keep writing, um, and that. Writing is something that seems really hard because you look at a book or you look at a short story or you look at a magazine article and you think, wow, like somebody sat down and wrote that whole thing. (laughs) It gets long. Um, But the fact is that nobody sits down and writes a whole book or even a whole article or a whole short story in one sitting. Most of us just write maybe a few sentences or a few paragraphs at a time and and that's a good day's work. And so for me it helps if I, when I'm writing it helps to remember that every little bit of writing that I do is part of this bigger whole and I just have to keep doing it a little tiny bit at a time. It never seems like I've done enough. It never seems like it's good enough. But that's what revision is for. I get to come back and do it again. I get to always add to it and change things as I go. And so for me, as a writer, it is the most important thing is to just keep writing and to remember that every little bit adds up. That was directed to uh, people who want to be writers, but there are lots of different ways that people go out in the world to make change. And so I'm someone who likes to make change through my writing because that's a way of having a voice in the world. Um, but there are lots of other ways to have a voice in the world. And so my advice to everybody, whether you're a writer or whether you express yourself in a different way, um, is to really, really believe in your own voice and to really believe that your voice and the things that you care about matter in the world um, and that you, your perspective is needed. We need all of you. We need every girl who's listening, um, every person who's listening, to own their own power and to say, okay, I matter in the world. I have things to say and the things I care about people need to listen to. Um, and the way that we, I think, find that strength, um, is, is sort of to imagine ourselves as really, really powerful. And also to remember that (laughs) being really, really powerful doesn't necessarily mean you're moving mountains all the time. It might be picking up a tiny pebble, right? Sometimes, but every, again, same with as with writing every little thing that you do that's about putting your voice in the world every th- little thing you do that's about trying to make the world a better place in whatever way is most important to you it adds up to being part of an entire movement it adds up to being part of something that can change the entire world
0: well it's probably time to wrap things up thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy season with launching a book and all to talk to us. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We hope you have a great day, and we hope our conversation has been inspiring to our listeners. I know it has been for me.
1: This is Annalene. And Amelia. From From All Girls Girls Considered, considered, signing off. All Girls Considered believes in a world where girls and women matter. You can support our work by donating at www.allgirlsconsidered.org. Right now. We can't do this without you.